Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Remember, we went to the book of Matthew, chapter number four, where Christ was being tempted. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. Amen. Led by the spirit of God to be tempted by the enemy. For 40 days and for 40 nights, the Bible talks about how he fasted. Amen. Now, we understand he did in 40 days and 40 nights what the children of Israel could not do in 40 years. So he took a day for each year that the children of Israel remained wandering in the wilderness. Amen. So in that, we see as the enemy came to tempt him in various forms and fashions, we see that the enemy was trying to project upon him a certain mindset. Right? And so we talked about even then, that particular word, we were saying how God was delivering his word from the wilderness, not Christ being the word. We understand Christ didn't need any deliverance. But the word, when you go back to when the children of Israel were wondering how purpose and destiny was lost or held hostage for 40 years in the wilderness. Amen? So we see Christ came to redeem God's word or purpose and destiny that was spoken into those people. Amen? So as the enemy came tempting Christ in various forms, like I said, he was trying to project a certain mindset on him. For example, when he said, okay, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms. Lie. Right? And so if we understand anything about the Luciferian and the satanic mindset, and please forgive me, I was trying to to understand it as much as I could. The truth be told, I don't want to understand it because I think it's a bad understanding. I think it's a bad mindset, right? But at its core, it deals with rebellion, right? We see with our foundational scripture, our foundational scripture in Isaiah chapter number 12, in this particular passage of scripture, uh, the prophet is speaking about the judgment that God is going to release upon the nations. And God is first starting with Babylon and Assyria. And so here in the scripture, although the scripture names Lucifer, he's actually speaking to Babylon or the king of Babylon. Right. But we understand, okay, even as we look at Lucifer, he's there, how the scripture proclaims that, you know, even in the book of Ezekiel, how he fell from heaven like lightning. Christ even spoke of it in the Gospels, how he beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So what we see here is this Luciferian or satanic mindset. At its core, it is based upon rebellion. I'm going to rebel against the most high God. One of the other pillars of this particular religion, because it's, it's a religion. And like I said, I wasn't trying to understand it as much because it began to make my head hurt. I said, God, the devil is a lie. I can't, I can't keep reading this stuff to understand it. I, I, I read enough to understand it, to be able to come and uh, articulate in such a manner, uh, you know, well enough so you can understand the basis of it. What are the other pillars about whether it be in the Luciferian religion or whether it be in the satanic religion, satanic is basically the worship of Satan uh, to the point that they have a satanic Bible and all these different things, right? Uh, we understand that witchcraft is one of the major things, magic, sorcery is one of the major things that is housed in that. Rituals, sacrifices, and things of this nature are all involved in this particular mind, uh, this particular religion. Uh, but, but at its core, it is based upon a mindset, a mindset of rebellion against the most high God. And, and, and like I said, one of the other pillars that is found specifically in the Luciferian religion is that of being enlightened. 
In other words, you see it or you hear it or know it in culture today as being woke. Now everybody's walking around with t-shirts and everybody's hashtagging woke, woke and all these different things. When reality, simply put, it's a Luciferian mindset. Because again, the Luciferian, it's a mindset based upon rebelling against God. Or it is, 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 a, is a religion that promotes self-enlightenment, self-improvement. In other words, I don't need God. It is all about self. And at the core, it's talking about it's not just rebellion, but it's also talking about, you know, it's also talking about, uh, as we talk about this self-improvement, uh, that's why go back a couple of years and you saw all in the movies and different things and different people making reference to the name of God, where God told Moses, Moses said, well, who should I go and tell Pharaoh is sending me? Tell him that I am. So you saw different references in the movie where different actors were speaking or declaring or calling themselves I am. So in other words, uh, this Luciferian or satanic mindset has people believing that there are gods. They are gods, little G's. We understand there is only one true and living God. His name is Yahweh. His name is Jehovah. The only true and living God. And beside him, there is no other God. Amen. So. Because uh, uh, for my foundational scripture, I want you to see in Isaiah chapter number 14, verses 12 through I'm going to read it. It talks about how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. And one of the things is in this Luciferian uh, religion, it talks about how they believe that Lucifer is indeed the light bringer of the light bearer. To the point they say we have chosen to take the left hand path. And if you know anything about the hands in the Bible, the right hand, the right hand denotes power, it denotes authority, it denotes favor, grace from God. Whereas the left hand denotes the judgment of God. Society tells us if a person reaches out or extends their left hand, it is a sign that that person cannot be trusted. Right? Society tells us that if a person extends their left hand to shake you, greet you with their left hand, that is a sign that that person cannot be trusted. For example, culturally speaking, now, Throughout societies and different things, you have saw people who might have been born left-handed where people understood the significance of the right hand, that they would force their children to change and become a right-handed individual because they understood the significance of the right hand. So at its core, this religion promotes self, right? Uh, it is a, it's, it's, it's preservation of self, right? Self-improvement. Enlightenment, and this is one of the things that stuck out to me. It is knowledge sought. Knowledge sought is through study, initiation, and continual struggle for self-improvement through spiritual rebellion against the social concept of God and religion. So simply put, what these scriptures show us, go to verse number 13. What these scriptures show us, right? It says, For thou hast said in thine heart, heart. And mind can be used interchangeably in the scripture. Heart and mind can be used interchangeably in scripture. Because even when you go into the Hebrew, the word mind talks about the inner man, talks about the heart, but it also speaks to the mind. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt. I will ascend, I will exalt 
my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mouth of the congregation in the sides of the north. Give me 14, it says what? I will ascend again. So you, you see that? I will ascend. I will be like the most high. I will exalt. Go back to verse 13. Let me, let me see something. I will exalt and I will ascend again. These particular scriptures here in the book of Isaiah is letting us see that this, this particular Luciferian or satanic mindset is a mindset indeed focused on rebellion at its core and a pride. So it is a rebellious and prideful mindset. Now, when you hear the term Luciferian or Satanic, just because you're in the church, you may say, well, no, that's not me. Well, I beg to differ. If you are rebellious, when it comes to the word of God, when you're prideful, then guess what, my brothers and sisters? It's safe to say that you are an acting Luciferian. I know I probably wasn't going to get no help today, but... It's all right. I got some strength. I got on my little Italian jacket. I feel all right. I got my little dancing. I feel all right. Right? So now, I want you to understand this. Go to the next scripture, right? We're going to go to Romans chapter number 12. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. Romans chapter 12. I want to look at verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to focus on verse number 3. But I want you to see what Paul, as he's talking to the church in Rome, and when you understand the church in Rome, uh, uh, this is a church that is, that is strategically placed in a society or culture that's full of perversion, full of idol worship or idolatry. I'm talking about they have temples that are dedicated for male prostitutes to go and have sex all day. Paul is saying to these believers, and you got to think, some of them are Jews, but most of them are Gentile who've been converted over to the Christian religion, right? So, so Roman Christians, and you got to understand, in, in, in this Greek philosophy is everything for them. They're big on wisdom and all these different things. And there's one God in particular, as we make reference to the temple that was dedicated to the thousand male prostitutes, Ashtaroth. The goddess of fertility. She's the goddess of fertility or the goddess of sex. So this is what's looming. This is what's spreading throughout this Roman culture. But yet you have a church that is in the center of all of this right here. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, I beseech you. I'm begging you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, what? That you present your bodies. In other words, be present. Because right? we understand when you say present giving something. And as God started dealing with me, he said, I want you to look at it as no, be present. Because you know what? For us physically, we can be present physically. We know how to do that. I know how to come to church and be present. But like, like, like as praise and worship was singing and the worship was going on, see, most of us don't know how to be present. We're giving God our heart. Which speaks to the emotional side of who you are. Or we don't know how to stop our mind from racing or thinking about the different things that we have going on. So we don't know how to be present mentally, giving ourselves to God completely. So he said, I want you to be present. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
When you begin to break down that reasonable service, he's saying, this is your worship. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your worship unto God. He says, he says in verse 2, and be not conformed, because we're talking about being delivered from a Luciferian or satanic mindset. And be not conformed to this world, right? Conform, in the Greek is talking about one's mind and character doing what others do. Don't allow your mind and allow your character to come subject to what others believe you should be doing. Unless it is doing the will of God. But he said, be not conformed to this world. So he said, don't allow your mind and your character to become subject from the people of the world. What they think you should be doing. And the world is saying, okay, right now everybody should be woke. Everybody should be enlightened. It is about a self-improvement. Well, now everybody's got chakras and everybody's yogaing and all these different things, but nobody is calling on the name of Jesus anymore. Now we can do life without Jesus. The devil is a lie. To the point where people are at the point where they said, okay, questioning whether or not there is even a God. But I got something for that too in Jesus' mighty name. So he said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, right? But be ye transformed. And what he's saying about this world, he's talking about this age or a particular time period. And, and, and the time period that we're in right now, look at it. It is a culture or a time period that is pushing God out of the culture. No more God. I'm reminded in the book of Judges how... The Bible declares that the people, when there was no king, the people did what was right in their own eyes. And what are you seeing today? Most people are doing what they believe is right in their own eyes. The Bible is the highest and final authority in the earth realm. But there are many people that are just, uh, the heck with the Bible. I don't even believe the Bible. I don't want the Bible. So disregarding the Bible and doing what is right in their own eyes. So he said, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. And we talked about how this renewing is a tearing down like it's a renovation. Having to tear down old minds, tear down old perceptions and perspectives. Ideologies. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do I prove what is the good and acceptable will of God when I allow my mind to be renewed? When my mind is renewed, I am therefore now proving it has been examined. It has been scrutinized. I'm talking about under great detail. It has been examined. That the will of God is good. It's acceptable and it's perfect. Why? Because of how I think. So when we interact with different people, based upon conversation, because the Bible tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And again, mind, heart can be used interchangeably. We know a thought is nothing more than an unspoken word. 
But when we have conversations with people and you listen to the words that have been spoken, it will tell you if the will of God has been proven in their lives based upon how they think. If you're still questioning the word of God, meaning what God said is God going to hold up his end of the bargain and you just prove it. That the will of God is not good, nor is it acceptable, nor it is perfect in your life based upon your thought process. Three says what? For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. Hmm. When we go to this word highly. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought. Esteeming oneself over much. And now we're in a culture where we live based upon likes. Right? You know what I'm talking about. My day isn't good if I didn't get a certain number of likes. Really? I'm for telling folk what you were eating for dinner? When folk didn't like your stuff, you was almost depressed, couldn't hardly go to sleep. Right? It's the truth, y'all know, because some of our self-esteem, it is so low. We need all these different things to make us feel good about ourselves. To the point that we, this is the thing. We don't know how to balance things. So we feel as if, okay, well, no, I need this much. But in reality, you know you need or you believe you need this much. So one like was not good enough for you. You had to have 25 likes in order for you to feel good. All right? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I can't stand it. I, I, I said, Lord, I can't mess with the social media stuff. You understand? So he's saying not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, right? Uh, he says, but to think soberly, and this word soberly in the Greek is talking about to be in one's right mind. When you think about a Lucifer or satanic mindset, that individual show me anybody who's a rebellious person or a prideful person, and I'll show you someone that is not in their right mind. I know y'all don't want to believe it, but it's the truth. As much pride as I struggle with, on the flip side of that, I'm talking about 15, 16 year old. I didn't have that many burdens in my life. I didn't have no mortgage to worry about, no car not to worry about. I didn't have no children. But why was it I felt like I was about to lose my mind many days? Why? Because I'm telling you that spirit of pride, what accompanies that spirit is the spirit of insanity. Think about it. The enemy had to be crazy to think that he could usurp God. To think you could be better than God, you got to be crazy. And just to think that there is no God, oh, something is absolutely wrong with you. But I get it. Everybody's not going to be as honest and as vulnerable as I am to talk about how I know a spirit of insanity chases me. It can't have me, though. Everybody's not going to be that, that bold to say that because they don't want nobody to know they be struggling in their mind. Some of y'all be struggling so bad. Leave that right there. 
So he's talking about being in one's right mind. Or actually mentions just sane, being sane. If you've ever really talked to someone who identifies as a Luciferian or a satanic worshiper, it sounds like they're talking out the side of their neck. It doesn't make sense, the things that they're saying. And when you talk to someone who does not have God in their conversation, a lot of the things that they're saying does not make sense. As intelligent as some people are, guess what? I don't care. You could be as smart as you are. Because the Bible talks about God. His foolishness was still to the point where it confounded the people's wisdom. But yet we have people who are arrogant enough to say that there is no God. Arrogant and prideful and rebellious enough to say they don't need God. That's crazy. To believe that they, they woke themselves up. They put their breath in their body. They gave them the intellect that they had. They gave them the, the, the capabilities to get up and go do the things that they're doing throughout the day. No, sadly mistaken. So it says, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God, according to as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we see God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And when we're talking about this Luciferian or satanic mindset that God wants to deliver us from when you think about faith faith is, is it is important it's imperative why because in the Greek faith it simply means what definition number one it is the conviction of the truth the Luciferian or the satanic mindset it's not going according to the absolute truth of God's words but it's going according to relative truths Faith that God said he's dealt to every man, meaning every man has the ability to become convicted by the truth of God's word. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Just watch. Just, just stay with me, right? Definition number two for the word faith talks about, again, the conviction that God exists and he is the creator and ruler of all things. So God has dealt to every man faith, meaning there was a conviction on the inside of us that we know and that we understand that God exists and that he is the creator and ruler of all things. So if this is already, think about it. When you go back into the creation process, when God designed and created Adam and he breathed his breath into his nostril, he became a living being. Everything that Adam needed was there. Conscience was already there. All of these things came when God breathed his breath into that man. Conscience. Prefix cons means wit. Science means knowledge. So God created us with knowledge. We have an understanding because he said, I've dealt to every man a measure of faith. And when you understand what faith is, it is a conviction of the truth. And it is a conviction that God exists and that he is the creator and ruler of all things. So for someone to deny that there is a true and living God, to deny that God exists. That's insanity. I'm going somewhere. Right. So. He's given this to every man, even the man that identifies or the woman that identifies as a Luciferian or satanic worshiper. But he said, I'm trying to deliver you from that mindset, which is a rebellious and prideful mindset. Right? 
Take me to same chapter, Romans chapter number one, verse number 18. The Bible says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. When I dealt to every man a measure of faith, faith is the conviction of truth. I've given them or created them with a conscience, with knowledge, so they have truth embedded in them. But there are some people who operate in a Luciferian or satanic mindset who are suppressing the truth. He said, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. This word hold in the Greek is simply talking about they restrain the truth. They hinder the course or progress of truth. Think about it. Truth has a way. When you understand who truth is, the Bible declares that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. So truth has a way. Truth is a way. And when you hold the truth that God has placed on the inside of you, the Bible says what? The Greek, when you begin to break it down, that you're restraining the truth. Not only are you restraining the truth, but you are hindering the course or the progress of truth. Hmm. How many times have you been found guilty of being unrighteous, hold, suppressing, restraining the truth? You know when the word comes across the pulpit, it may be a difficult word for you to receive. It may be a hard word for you to receive. It may be a word that you know is true, but you just don't agree with it in that moment. Guess what? You are restraining the truth, hindering the course or the progress of truth, the way that God designed this truth to change your life. Why? That is a Luciferian or satanic mindset. I'm rebelling against the truth. This is not a truth that I want right now. I can acknowledge that it is the truth, but it's not a truth that I'm willing to subject myself to in this moment. It is a truth that's good for everybody in the room except for me. It'll be good for me when my mind is made up that I want that truth. The reality, you can't make your mind up saying you want this truth. That's why the truth, it, it starts off with the way. It, it, it has a course. It has, a, it has to progress in you. And what most of us are doing, we're shutting down the progression of truth in us. When truth begins to reveal the unpleasant, the ugly things about us, notice how we begin to hinder the progress or the course of truth. We will try to shift the truth. When the message is bringing the truth, that's why you get offended and that's why you get defensive. Because you're trying to shift the course of the truth. No, I want this conversation to go another way. I'm done. No, all, what you're really doing is trying to restrain the truth. And what you're really trying to do is hinder the course or the progress of this truth. This is for the unrighteous men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. I'm going to raise my hand because there have been some times God had told me hard truths about myself. I know it's the truth because of the source of who it's coming from. <laughs> but my mind is not ready to embrace that truth. My heart, no, my soul is ready to embrace that truth. 
And so because of that, I am restraining the truth of God. I am hindering the course or the progress of truth in my life. Just think, when we talked about this decree before the word being open to receive the word of God, allowing it to be alive and active in our life. Just imagine if we were open all the time when the word of God came. Where would truth be in your life? How much progress would truth have had in your life by now? When you think back to when you got saved to now, where would truth be? What would the course of truth look like in your life today? Had you just been open to receive the word of God? Because the Bible declares that it's the truth that you know that makes you free. So even with a Luciferian or satanic mind, all of these different relative truths, doesn't mean that they're not truths. It's not the truth. Again, the Bible declares that Jesus is the way he's the truth. And in John 8, 32, the Bible says what? It is the truth that you know. The truth, the truth, the truth, the Christ, the Jesus, the Yeshua that you know will make you free. Not these different relative truths, but the absolute truth, that being Jesus Christ, he makes you free. Give me the next verse. He says what? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. <laughs> For all the skeptics, all the atheists, all the satanic and luciferian worshipers who just can't wrap their head around the fact that there is an invisible God. The scripture says, well, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God have showed it unto them. God has made it so that you cannot deny that I am God. You cannot deny that I exist. Matter of fact, my very name, Jehovah, speaks to the fact that I exist without the hands of man. I am this self-existing God. I am the God that was, is, and is to come. <coughs> Give me 20. He says what? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Right? Clearly. What's up, what name, Pastor? <laughs> Clearly. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So, these things are clearly seen, his eternal power and his Godhead. And this last clause says what? So that they are without excuse. So for this Luciferian or satanic mindset, or simply put this rebellious and prideful mindset, you have no excuse. I placed it in you for you to know the manifestation of who I am. I placed it in you for you to understand the things that are made, even my eternal power and my Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Without excuse in the Greek is talking to what? Without defense, you don't have a defense. 
In other words, I've ta- God is saying, I've taken away your argument. Your argument doesn't have legs to stand on. <laughs> that which cannot be defended. So for the skeptics who are saying, okay, well, maybe we just came from some primordial group or just this big bang that happened and we just showed up. Or for, for, for those folk that believe we came from some apes and stuff. He said, you don't have an excuse. Your argument has no defense. So just stop it, is what he's saying. And then when we move into verse 21, it says, because that, when they knew God, So at one point, they knew God. In them knowing God, what did the scripture say? They did not glorify him as God. Knew him, but I gave him no glory. Knew him, but I gave him no honor. Knew him, but I rebelled. Knew him, but I was prideful and arrogant. Knew him, but wanted to separate myself from him. Knew him, but I wanted to be estranged from him. Right? It says, they glorify him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. But they became vain. This word vain in the Greek is talking about, they were devoid of truth, utterly lacking truth. Because they knew God, Right? But they failed to glorify God and they failed to thank God. And because of that, they were utterly lacking truth. Because vain in the Greek is simply saying to be devoid of truth. Utterly lacking something that is needed. So it is saying you need the truth. But because of your vanity, you are utterly lacking what you need truth (laughs) because you knew God and then you knowing God you felt to glorify God and you felt to thank God so guess what you became vain in your imagination now you are devoid of truth now you are utterly lacking truth what you actually need they became vain in their imaginations now this particular imagination in the Greek is talking about questioning about what is true see this is why you will begin to question what is truth or question truth altogether because you utterly lack in truth truth makes no sense to you because you don't have it you're devoid of it because you fail to glorify God and thank God so now the thing that you're actually searching for truth all these relative truths the absolute truth you don't understand You question the absolute truth because you failed to glorify and thank God when you once knew him. Oh, see, we're talking about a Luciferian or satanic mindset. Do you see the seriousness of this? While all these different relative truths make sense to them. I'm talking about all these insane things make sense to them. I'm talking about things like paralleling the sun and Jesus Christ. 
is foolishness. This makes sense to them. Them being woke makes sense to them. All these different studying and information that they're gathering. But it can't save their soul. Right. It can't deliver them from this Luciferian or satanic mindset. It can't set them free. That's just more information that you have compiled in your mental Rolodex. That will merit you nothing. But there is a truth that I've come across. Oh, y'all don't understand. There was a truth that I've come in contact with, and his name is Jesus. Ooh. And I'm telling you, my encounter with Jesus, my life has never been the same since I encountered Jesus. I, I got up with a new walk. I got up with a new talk in my mouth. Uh, oh, like the old folks say, these hands, they look new. These feet, they look new. My walk was different. My mindset was different when I encountered Jesus. See, I'm not talking about that play play stuff. I'm talking about a real encounter where you've encountered truth. Truth challenged you. Truth convicted you. Truth confronted you. But in the end, truth changed you. See, some of us are still upset about the fact that truth comes to challenge you. You hate being challenged. You hate being confronted. But you don't understand. It's a process like we just talked about. There was a process for truth. Challenging you. Confronting you. Convicting you. All because God wants the truth to change you. There was a process that truth is trying to work out. There was a course that is taken in your life. And some of us keep trying to alter the course of truth in our lives. No, don't challenge me. Ooh. Don't confront me. Oh, there are some folk, they can't stand talking to me when I be asking them questions. <laughs> oh, they, 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 they swear it's a debate. It's not a debate. It's not a debate. Asking questions is a part of my responsibility. Oh, y'all don't like me? Oh, asking questions is a part of my responsibility. And then we just told you that questions point to your appetite, what you're hungry for. I'm hungry for truth. Not just truth about God, not just truth about his son, not just truth about his spirit, not just truth about praise, not just truth about worship, not just truth about his word, not just truth about myself, but I'm hungry for the truth about you. Because <laughs> if you're going to be connected to me, I'm hungry for the truth about you. I know you might not like it, but it's the truth. I need to understand who I'm connected to. Because you can be connected to people and they can be holding you back from progression or the season that God has called you to. Oh. Truth comes to challenge you, confront you, convict you, to change you. Stop interrupting the course of truth. 
Yeah. Stop interrupting the course of truth. Simply put, some of you shut down to the truth. You're no longer, you there, but you're not present when the truth is coming forth. Oh, you don't like it, but I'm a priest this word. Yes, I am. You don't like it, but when the truth comes, yes, it may be difficult for you to hear. Yes, it may be hard for you to embrace, but embrace that it's the very thing that's going to free you. And you need liberty. You know you're tired of crying. Some stuff I just can't cry no more. Some stuff I ain't got another tear to cry about that. I refuse to cry about that again. God, you got to come and be God. You got to do what I need you to do, God. Come and change this thing. And some change is only going to happen when you receive the truth. No, you keep thinking it's going to be a miracle. No, 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 no. The miracle is when you receive the truth with your stubborn, hard-headed, rebellious, proper, stick-necked self. Oh, God, that's me some days. Can't stand the truth some days. Especially when it makes me feel bad. God don't care about your feelings. Oh, no, he's not concerned about your feelings. He's concerned about your soul. To this fool is this this lot that we here for? No, he's a loving God. He will make you feel what? He loves you enough to tell you the truth. And the last time I checked, Jesus said, "This night, everybody's about to be offended by me because that truth that he spoke." So in reality, truth is downright offensive. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been there where somebody told you a truth and you wanted to slap the taste out of their mouth? I'm talking about that truth made you so mad you was you right there in the, on the spot you wanted to fight them. Oh, you were trying to hold it together. You were trying to keep your facial expressions together. Ooh, but they couldn't see under the table. Boy, your leg was just shaking. They couldn't see under the table how you was clenching your fist. Oh, but we did see how you was clenching your jaw muscles. And we did see it. If you like me, see, when I get, oh, there's a vein that just comes right here down my forehead, down the side of my, oh. It just fills with blood and it begins to pulsate. My ears start turning red and I just be, mm. I got this look that I just like I'm burning a hole through you. Like if, if Jesus was not my savior, oh, I'd be on you so quick. I'd be on you so quick. Hmm. Stop. Stop interfering with the course of truth. Truth is trying to progress in your life. Okay, hopefully these are going to be my pre-scriptures. Go to my next scripture. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Just start at verse. Can you start at verse 1? Let me, let me, let me just read through this right here. Here is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. Another church that is in the center of perversion. And, and this, in this particular church that we see the gifts of the spirit at work. I'm talking about there are gifts that are being just on display by a bunch of perverted folk. Whew. Do you know somebody? 
I know y'all ain't gonna be real. Someone say the truth for it. Yes, you prefer it. Yep. Just like me. But I've been since delivered. <laughs> I've been since delivered. Yes, past tense. Yes. So this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, another church that is in the center of a culture that is promiscuous, a culture that's full of idolatry, pagan worship, another culture that is full of uh, lasciviousness, out-of-control lust. He says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you, but I beseech you, he's begging, that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And then he goes on to say, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds in the Greek is talking about uh, uh, the destruction and the demolition. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. As God gives us the power to demolish things, destroy things, right? Bring things to destruction. Pulling down the strongholds. Now this is getting interesting, right? Because strongholds, definition number one for strongholds in the Greek talks about anything on which a, a one relies. So any mindset in which a person relies. And we're talking about being delivered from a Luciferian or satanic mindset. Uh, you can't identify yet. Have you ever heard or have you ever spoken a phrase, that's just how I think? What you were really saying is I'm relying upon this particular mindset. I don't care how you see it. I don't care if it makes sense to you. It makes, sense. This, it makes this type of sense to me. It is what it is. The reality you were relying upon a certain mindset. Meaning you were unwilling to change. Even when the truth came to confront your crazy mindset. You didn't want to budge. You didn't want to change because that's how you think. That's how you see things. Well, it just made sense to me. Notice, have you ever been on the end of that question? You know that question. Y'all don't know what question I'm talking about. I'm talking about the all-time question. Why did you do that? I hate it even as an adult when God asks me why did you do that or when my wife or when my leader why did you do that and I have to give an explanation of why I did what I did the reality I was relying on a certain mindset that's why I did what I did simply put my mind told me to do it so I did it relying Luciferian or satanic mindset, self-improvement, enlightenment, all about knowledge, all about trying to find all these different truths, certain mindset, relying on a mindset rather than relying upon God. 
So now we told you this Luciferian or the satanic mindset is a mindset housed in rebellion and housed in pride, right? But if you find yourself relying upon your mindset and not relying upon God or relying upon God's word, mm, you just might be Luciferian or satanic. I know you don't want to hear because you're in the church. But last time I checked over in the book of Jude, right about verse number four, it talks about how certain men crept in unaware who were ordained. You want to give me that? Jeez. Come on, Mike, you got to be, follow me now, follow me now. Follow me now to the Jordan stream, Mike. Jude. It's only one chapter. Verse number four. Verse number four. But I'm going to come back here. But I want you to see something. <laughs> you did the hit. <laughs> that was an inside joke. <laughs> My goodness. All right, Jude chapter 4. Jude chapter 4, verse 4. I mean, chapter 1, verse 4. This is what? For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men who have crept in unaware. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Turning the grace that God has given to us into out of control lust. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Luciferian or satanic mindset. Do you see because most of us think because you're in church. No, it's showing you in the church they have crept in unaware. They have been ordained to do this. Come inside the church to turn the grace of God into out of control lust. Now all you have, you see in the church people lusting to do their own thing. Lust is so bad to be in a relationship that believe the relationship is going to solve all their problems. Have not got this is a devil. Have not got any wisdom about themselves, no understanding about themselves, nor do they have wisdom or understanding about the so-called significant other. But because we come together, us coming together is gonna work out all our issues. So you think sex is gonna work out y'all problems? Whew. That's why you can go and have good sex and still get out the bed mad. Not talking to each other. Still walking around the house silent, still frustrated with each other. Because guess what? After y'all bang real good, guess what? Them problems are still right there. Those problems that we never dealt with, never addressed. Uh, your punky, raggedy attitude that we never dealt with. You don't make enough money. We never dealt with that. Guess what? It is still there. Okay, take me back to Corinth. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds. Strongholds, definition number one, we tell you anything on which one relies, a mindset that a person relies upon. Definition number two, it is talking about arguments. And Pastor Ivan talked about this one time. Sophisticated arguments that you have in your mind. You know how you could be across the table from somebody and you having a debate all in your mind? 
you haven't said a word. Uh, it sounds something like this. Whenever they say something, you already got to come back for them. You ain't said nothing yet, but you already got to come back. They ain't even finished saying what they're saying, but you already got to come back because you know where they're going. So you already got to come back. You understand what I'm saying? You just on top of all that. You keeping points. You ain't really trying to get no understanding. Keep a score. Sophisticated arguments or arguments and reasonings by which a person endeavors. I'm going to read the whole definition. Arguments and reasonings by which a person endeavors to fortify his opinion. Right? And, well, I can't read my own handwriting. This is a devil. <laughs> okay, defend. Okay, I got it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So arguments and reasonings by which a person endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend it against others. This is a struggle. Your crazy debate, your crazy argument in your mind that you know is not right, but you believe is right, but you know it's not right. You have fortified this thing. You have walled your argument in. You have fenced your argument or your reasoning, your rationale in, right? And now you're defending it against others. For example, once saved, always saved. For example, he has forgiven me for all my sins. He has. But that don't mean you get to keep sinning because you're to my grace. That's a crazy mindset that people have in their mind that they have walled in and they're defending it to other people. Crazy. All right? Go to verse 5. My last scripture. My last scripture. This is what? Casting down imaginations. And y'all notice we had an imagination in Romans chapter number 1, right? This is imagination in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is a different Greek word for imaginations. He said, casting down, throwing down imaginations. Imagination, this particular imagination in Greek is talking about conscious. Remember we talked about conscious? You've been created with knowledge. This imagination talks about conscience passes. In other words, you know how you give yourself a pass for thinking that? A pass for having that mindset. A pass for having that crazy thought. A pass for having that adulterous thought. A pass for having that lustful thought. Oh, he said casting down imaginations. And we've been guilty of having passes for our conscience, for the knowledge that you've been created with. You gave yourself a pass. You overlooked it. But you forgot he has eyes in every place beholding the evil as well and as good. He looked straight upon it while you tried to overlook it. You wanted to disregard it, but he took regard to it. He said you're supposed to cast down these imaginations. So in other words, stop giving your conscience a pass. You know you've mastered how to hold your face together, but yo, if we had to put your thought process on a screen and we see all them cuss words that's going across your mind, how you don't cuss folk out and just telling them off, but you gave yourself a pass because you said, well, I didn't say it, but you thought it. 
and a thought is nothing more than an unspoken word. And the Bible says, well, you will have to give an account for every idle word. A thought is an unspoken word, still a word. Stop giving your conscience a pass. In other words, your mindset, your thoughts that you say, nobody can't read my thoughts. Stop giving yourself a pass. All the times you've been mad at God, upset with God, fearful, but came in here and tried to, you know, you know, try to play, talk a good game. How you doing? I'm blessed, child. But struggling in your mind whether or not God's going to do it. It's about the opinion of man. I want them to see that, no, I trust God. I believe God. I want them to know that I believe God is going to do it. Stop. You don't believe God is going to do it. I've been there. Well, I went straight to God like David and Jeremiah. Matter of fact, Jeremiah even said to God, you set me up. You lied to me. Jeremiah was bold to say, God, you lied to me. I said, now, if Jeremiah could do it, God, surely. I'm your son. I can come talk to you. God, I feel like you set me up now. Because this thing is not looking like what you said. If it really get real, I'm going to pull a page out of Jeremiah. God, I feel like you lied to me. Do you see how crazy that sounds? The Bible says he can not lie, but yet we can fix our mouth to say, God, I believe you lied to me. Luciferian satanic mind says, Stop giving your conscience a pass. You see, casting out imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, right? And bringing. So all these high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, all these relative truths, relative knowledges that try to exalt itself above God, the knowledge of God, is say bring into captivity every thought. The thought resides in the mind, in the heart. Bringing into captivity every thought. Captivity talks about in the Greek to capture one's mind. You know, uh, you know, because you said it before, man, my mind is all over the place. Capture it. Oh, yeah, because he's saying bring into captivity every thought. He's saying capture your mind. Stop allowing your mind to run all over the place. Stop allowing your mind to be out of control. Stop allowing your mind to be way out of left field. Capture it. Stop letting your mind be rebellious, arrogant and proud. He's saying capture it. Bring, bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Simply put, bringing into captivity, capturing my mind, capturing every thought of my mind and of my heart and bringing it to the obedience of the truth. You see what I said? Capturing my mind, every thought of my mind and of my heart and bringing it underneath the obedience of Christ or the truth. 
So God is trying to deliver us from a Lucifer or satanic mindset. No, you're not out here bowing down. No, you're not cutting off no chicken head and sprinkling blood. And no, I pray you're not. No, you're not out here chanting and trying to cast spells. You know, some of us, we're not witches in, or warlocks in those regards. Oh, but with witches, you got some witches in the bedroom, some warlocks in the bedroom trying to control stuff by, by release. Yeah, you ain't going to get none because I ain't in the mood. Witch. I got a headache. You ain't getting none because I got a headache. Witch. Just the witches, you got some warlocks. Who's talking about? I got a headache, I don't feel good, I ain't in the mood. Warlock, because at its core, witchcraft is nothing more than manipulation. Manipulation is what control trying to control someone by the means of your hands through their soulish realm. You saw that outfit, but he told you it wasn't enough money in the bank account. Oh, so now you quiet now. Now you acting funny now. Now the reality is some of us have mastered. We'll act funny. I'm still going to do it. You're doing it, but you're not doing it in the right spirit. Yeah, you came on in here for us to do the do, but something wasn't right. You were not your normal self. I can't even ask you what's wrong. Nothing. Which all behind money has control over you. The Bible says you cannot serve two gods or two masters. Either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon, which represents money. And for some of y'all, money has such a hold on you, it throws your mood off. It throws your, it throws your day off. Stop giving your conscience a pass. Men, you don't know what some of these women are going through. I'm just telling you the truth. Some of the things that the women go through, man, we don't have a clue. Boy if, hey, boy, if I had my way right now, I'd say put on that seven-minute dance music and I'd dance right now because I'm so glad to be a man. Because some of the stuff that women got to go through. I'm so glad that my body does not have a cycle. See, stuff like that, you don't have a clue what women are going through. And for some of them, when they're on the cycle, they have all kind of pain and all. Not all see, I can't, I can't be nauseous without a cycle. I, mm, see me? I go to acting a fool when I'm just nauseous. So being nauseous and having pain at the same time, and you all balled over. But work still got to be done. Children still pulling on you. Children still need stuff. You, you the man, still expecting her to cook, still expecting the clothes to be wild. Oh, you ought to be grateful for that woman you got. Stop giving your conscience a pass because you'll tell yourself, well, she ought to be grateful for me. <laughs> what are you, what? 
Let's examine this thing. I got a little time. Let's examine this thing. Why she ought to be grateful for you? Huh? Come on, put your argument on the table. Why should she be grateful for you? Are you taking care of her better than her daddy took care of her? Oh, and if she didn't have a physical, natural, biological father, are you taking care of her better than God has taken care of her? (laughs) If the answer is no, shut up. If her hands and feet were done before she got with you and now she having to paint her own hands and feet, there is a problem. Shut up. You ought to be thankful for her. She having to do her own hair now. Gelling her edges down with a toothbrush and stuff. When she used to go to the salon, leaning all back, getting her hair washed there. But now she got a dirty toothbrush gelling down her edges and stuff, trying to cover her foot. Shut up! Why she ought to be grateful for you? Oh, I'm just saying now, I'm talking to me too. I got some work to do. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Woo, he gonna help me though. Don't help me though. I'm just saying. I want the women to know I appreciate them. So many times we overlook women. But no, I appreciate you. Trust when I say, because it's hard being a woman. It's just as equally hard as being a man, though. So women don't ever take for granted us as men. Some things we just gonna not do. We're just not gonna do it. No, I'm just saying because some of us, we're, we're, inca- we're incapable of doing it. We have attempted to do it, but we mess it up real bad. Some of us, for example, taking care of children. How many men you know that are good at taking care of children? I'm good at taking care of my children. When I had to do their hair, I did their hair. Yep. They ain't have no crazy looking ponytails. Now, I can do a bad ponytail. I can't braid, but I can, I can show do your ponytail and I can twist that joint up and all, put gel in the head and all that stuff. And you're going to thank somebody who do hair did it. Some of us are incapable of doing those things. Why? Because the nurturer in us has been shut down or the nurturer in us has been killed. Because society told you as a man not to be emotional. Right? When you really go and examine it, Eve came up out of Adam. Woman with womb. Adam was created in the image of God. So he had a feminine side in him. And don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying he he was, no. No homosexual crap, none of that. No lesbian stuff, none of that. He was 100% man, but there was a nurturing side on the inside of him. And then when you understand, if we are the body of Christ, if I'm a part of the body of Christ and I'm a man, the, the Bible lets us know that the body of Christ is the bride of Christ, then guess what? If I'm a part of the body, then guess what? I'm something like a bride, though I'm a man. And not the feminine body, man, 100% man. I'm just telling you according to what Scripture says. But some of us are incapable of nurturing because the nurturer in you as a man has been killed shut down woman you got to discover how to reawaken that in him certain passions and desires have been 
They've just been shut down. And children, think about it. You can fuss at a child the wrong way and you can shut down smarts in those children. Shut down different uh, 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 talents and things inside these children. I've watched my oldest daughter. She still don't know any strangers, but that, that just, eh, just, eh. So now she just be walking around like, like what is wrong with you? Every time she talks, it's a mumble. Mm-hmm. Stop mumbling, doggy. I can't understand you. But you notice what I'm doing? There was, a, there was a hollering. There was a yelling coming out rather than talking to her. Ask her the question, why are you mumbling? Ask her the question, what is wrong with you? And regardless of how she answers, that's her truth. Understand how to handle her truth. When she speaks back to me, she's opening the door for communication. She's opening the door, giving me access to come in. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, most of us as parents, you don't have a good relationship with your child. Because if you were to talk to them, the first thing, I guarantee, the first thing that's going to come out of their mouth, they don't listen to me. That's the first thing that comes out of the mouth of you. They don't listen to me. Every time I try to talk, they shut me down. They don't listen to me. Heed this warning, you are losing your child when you fail to give them an ear. That's why they will search. It's not that there's, especially little girls, they're not just looking for father figures, but they're looking for an ear that will hear them without judgment. And notice how they fall quickly and hard for some men because all the men did was just listen to them. She kind of don't fall for it. I'm telling you. Like Tommy O. Martin say, I got them. You understand what I'm saying? I got because I listen. I'm trying to tell you the truth, or I'm going to tell my baby the truth. Be mindful, be aware of the boy that listens. He's dangerous. Now, that one that's talking, he tell you everything going on in his head is mind. Yeah, see, I can, I'm okay with that. But that one who isn't talking, you never know what he's thinking. Dangerous. How do I know? Because that was me. You never knew what was going on. You only knew when I wanted you to know. Dangerous. But you know how I got close to people? You know how I got access to people? Because I was a natural listener. And when you can show people that you, are, you can listen to what they say and not be bothered by what they say, you'll get close to people so quickly. Watch it. So parents, I'm telling you, do not lose your children because you fail to give them an ear to hear them. Amen.